it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop and he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. Hey, Bigfoot Society, I've got Mark on the phone. Uh, he's going to tell us about what he has experienced out in his neck of the woods. How's it going, Mark? Not too bad. You know, as usual, you know, lots of little kids in the house and bugs flying around, but well, there's lots of work. But anyway, anyways, as for the stuff I've experienced, I've been a, I've been a, I mean, believe it ever since the early 70s when people were still talking about, you know, Patty at the drop of a hat. Then I was running through with some buddies in the woods back in uh, outside of Traverse City, Michigan. I thought, thought for sure I saw these you know, good-sized prints, but everybody blew them off as bear. I didn't think they looked like bear tracks, but I was probably 11. So what did I know back then? Well, that's years and years later. 2019, I bring the family down here to East Tennessee. Now, well, everybody has this misconception. They still see it all the time. That to well, have interactions, you got to be out in. You in? So you have you're currently in East Tennessee, you're saying? Yes, I was in, sorry. I was asking because you just heard a lot of beep there. I didn't know whether we were still there or not. So yeah, I'm in East Tennessee. Um, um, I was in uniform for a very long time. I've been in some interesting places. I. I know when people are, you know, watching me or when I'm being observed. So we're on the, on the front yard in this house I'm, we're in. It's been empty for a couple of years. And my grandkids are out ripping it down in the front yard. They're on top of my wife and daughter sitting on the, por- on the front porch. And I just caught something out of my corner of my eye. I turned to look at the wood line, which is probably 125 meters away. No, no, it was a this huge black shape. No, 
obviously too far to see his face or anything. But after going out there later, I figured he was probably eight, nine feet tall anyway. Shoulders were probably four and a half, five foot wide. I mean, this guy was big. I hope you don't mind the language, but it will. Of course, I go, the wife doesn't know what I'm looking at. I turn to look at him and I say, what the F is that? And he must have, even at that distance, he must have known that I, I had seen him. Because he turned to his left, my right, and as I sped off into the thicker underbrush, I could see he had long hair on his on his back because I could actually see it flow all behind him. Of course, I'm like, what the? Of course, the wife thought it. always thought I'm a little nuts from my old job. And she didn't quite know what to, whether to believe me or not. But I uh, went out there the next day. But I didn't, I didn't want to go out there right afterwards. <laughs> But uh, went out there the next day, and you could see on the outside of the electric fence because this was where our horse pasture, where something that beat a a heavily used trail down to that spot, and I could see when he when he took off, I could see broken branches and stuff that uh. Apparently he, you know, plowed through on his way away from here. So that let me know that, okay, we're not alone around here. Well, I talked to a couple of the neighbors and whatnot. One guy in his family has been here for, you know, generations. Um, according to what he said, um, like half Cherokee, so he's he knows a lot of the stories around here. And just like some places, everybody thinks they're just stories. Well, some people around here, they just treat them as, you know, the folks that live out in the woods. So, I've always done research this time. You know, these guys do quite a bit. I kicked it up even hotter after that. Especially, you know, for the locals and whatnot, because I want to know what I'm seeing around here. And, but that was the first time. So we're, we got an above ground pool that we're, we're putting up all back. This was <laughs> some months later. I get that itch again. I'm looking out through the woods. And this guy, he's, he was red here, so it wasn't the same one. And he looked like he was smaller. But they was doing that, you know, the peeking from behind the tree thing. So I didn't get antsy or anything this time. I'm just like, treating him like he was a neighbor. Hey, how you doing? I see you back there. And it actually came off about halfway behind the tree and stood there. And watched us as we... Try to put the pool together and whatnot. Um, yeah, these guys must be, they're, they're curious about what we do too. All these people tramping through the woods looking for them. Well, they're curious about us as well. 
And a couple months after that, I'll take you away. I have a daughter special needs, you know, she said to a G tube, and so I'm setting up her noon feeding. And this time I'm just looking out the back window. Back in the same general area, I saw the red haired guy. And at first, I thought, oh, because we just had a big storm come through here not too long before, right? I'm thinking, okay, that's just a tree stump, right? And what everybody says, you know, they'll put it, what do call them, stump squashes? But at first, I'm thinking, yeah, it's just a big old tree stump. I got hit by lightning because it was you know, cut off. And then it starts swaying back and forth. I'm like, whoa. I got, we got foster kids, so I take the two boys, bring them in there. The boys are 16 or 13 then. And I said, look right out there, and what do you see? He says, what? I said, look at that. It looks like a tree standing there. And then they go, both of them are like, holy crap, it's moving. And yep, they're watching us again. So that was three, and just recently, just a couple months ago, this encounter is exciting, but um, the horses were fine, but I've got a bunch of big dogs, and they were going just crazy out back. So around here, you know, this area has a, uh, not just those guys in the woods, like a lot of other areas, some of the Local folks are into, shall we say, homemade pharmaceuticals. So I wanted to make sure everything was good out there. I gave Bobby, my oldest foster boy, he, the spotlight. I grabbed my 45. And we went out there to take a look. And we got back there, and the, the horses are fine. The neighbor back to the woods is close. All I can see is yard lights. Of course, there's this huge shadow sitting there. And by now, um, I don't act scared of these guys that, that much anymore. So I act like I'm just holding a conversation. And hey, how you doing, big guy? Just a uh, I'll make sure things are okay, that, this kind of thing. And then we notice, because I see his eye shine, so I know he's there anyways. And then he's got this huge shadow from the light. And we see something, just movement to our right. There's two more sets of eye shine at two different heights. I think, okay. Now we have a crew to our left, and from where we were standing, that was by 75 meters down the hill. But I, in between these things, I've got pictures of tracks in my our pasture, and I, I know a few of the trees on my there where they've been observing the house, as you can see where the they've like you know, the beaten down spots by the base of the tree, that kind of thing. Excuse me. Well, I know they come up out of that freaking that creek bed because when it's dry, it goes all the way up the mountain and it's heavily wooded on both sides. 
So, uh, you know, an elephant could walk down that thing without being seen. So I got three sets of eyes shining around us already. And I hear something down in the creek. You know, rocks, you know, getting knocked over. But the Bobby said, do you hear that? And he says, uh-huh. And he's looking pretty scared. So I turn around, I look back towards him. And I'm, Man, that's what I call him is the big guy. So I'll tell you what, we're going to go back in the house. You guys have a good night. And make kind of a, heard other people say this stuff, but since tell you what, you keep uh, keeping the black bears and the coyotes stuff out of my pasture, I'll bring you something tomorrow. I draw the pistol with my left hand and raise my arm up, you know, the wave hello. And he did it back. Which made me feel pretty good that I've, you know, that this guy actually, and I can be wrong, I can go out in the woods behind the house again next time he could appear and snap me in half. Obviously, he can do that being that big. But he uh, acknowledged my presence, and I thought that was a good sign. So the next day, I raided the, this was before Halloween last year, I raided the kids' caramel apples, took two of them back there, and I actually climbed up into a tree a little bit, Back where I had, first where I'd seen him, and I shoved them down in some branches. So you could, you know, you had to pick them up and move them to take them. And I didn't, you know, because it's the, the middle of the afternoon when I placed them. I just kind of looked around and said, There you go, dude. Hope you enjoy. Went back to the house, mounted my own business, and the following day, I went back out there. Both those apples were gone. No sticks, no tree on cores. They were just gone. I mean, I think I might have spoiled them, though. But I've tried to give him regular apples after that. He hasn't touched them. I laid a candy bar out there in the same tree. Oh, that was gone. I did. So, Snickers. I took it out of the pack and laid it up in the tree and shoved it on the branches again so you had to work to get at it. <laughs> and yeah, that was gone too. But so far, now, I think I, I almost made him upset last year because he went around and trimmed the brush around the horse fence and got the electric fence working again. I'm just the way I'm thinking. I think I might have shocked him a little bit once I got it going again. Because a couple of days afterwards, if uh, your listeners and you probably know about it, you've seen the stories about uh, like trees shoved upside down in the ground. Sure. I'll buy where I made my first sighting, I guess. It was about a 15, 20 foot tall, long, uh, log, so I guess it was a part of a tree that had broken off and been there. 
but it was shoved eight inches in rocky, mountainous Tennessee ground. And then the water part was balanced up in the, you know, crooked and branches, you know, way up high. I'm like, I had some couple of buddies come over and we took it down. And I was afraid it was going to fall on the fence and knock it, knock it down the next wind comes through. And of course, he's blowing it off. Ah, it just didn't it fell off. Well, I, I could see where it snapped off. I'm like, trying to explain to him, I was like, dude. So that branch snapped off, flew 25, 30 freaking feet through the air, and landed perfectly in the ground and managed to shove itself from this ground and balance up there. But I just said, whatever you say, man. So we pulled it out and left it laying there. And the only thing I really found strange about all that after doing that, so I said, I figured I'd take him off and might have surprised him some of that you know, 6,000 volts. A couple weeks later, Something picked up the log and it was outside the fence. Why he cleaned that up, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know how to, these guys think, but, but you know, I watch you guys, you know, in East Tennessee. You, I'm assuming you know who Scott Carpenter is. I watch all his stuff. So I just try to stay on good terms with the folks in the woods, so I walk the wood line and just try to talk and stay on good terms with them and say, look, out there's your area, in here's my area. As long as we keep it that way, we, we are good to go. And besides tracks through the, my pasture, I mean, I've got, I'm assuming it was him, because I've got a picture of a one clear out of a trail. The damn thing is a left foot, perfectly clear toes, 20 inches long, and it's got to be oh, eight inches wide. And the stride was long enough for I'm not a very big guy, but I had to jump from track to track. Um, well, there's lots of stories of uh, the one showing signs of aggression. I talked to one guy that's not too far from me. Apparently, up in, up there in the mountains, he's had uh, the classic, you know, rocks and stuff like that thrown at him. I'm like, you know, we go up there. We are we are in their their yard, their living room. Apparently, he didn't like you being there. Only problem about all this is I haven't gone on trail walking in quite a while now, just try to show some respect for these guys. Mm -hmm. so pretty much uh, my experience with them, I track different size prints all the time through my, pa through my pasture, everything from I said, his, his is 20, that one was 20 inches. A smaller set that was all the way back to the pasture, and that one looked like it had broken a toe at one time because the big toe on the left foot was um, 
turning in like drastically. So like they have anybody on the set there for broken bones. But they've been as close as before I started talking to him on a regular basis. Uh, I found a trail that came all the way to the side of the house. But I, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. So um, I figure maybe my getting on good terms with those folks was a good thing. I do have one vocalization. I'm scaring uh, some coyotes away. I'll have some security cameras outside. You can hear the coyotes. And this guy growled at him. You don't hear coyotes anymore. <laughs> First, I can figure they must have been arguing over a kill. Well, that's uh, my stuff down here in a nutshell. But I, so I go out to the pasture on a regular basis, see if anybody's been stepping over the friends that are coming in. Um, I know they like wild raspberries because. I was following that track, the trail from outside back in the pasture. And you can see where it stopped. And you remember to see the raspberries out behind, out, outside of the fence. And, and I don't really, I told other people, I don't care about proof anymore because I'm not worried about proving it when I know they're there. And because people have asked me when I, you know, it's just this guy stepped back over the fence and apparently ate too many of those raspberries, if you get my meaning. He let them all drop in my pasture. It was quite the large pile. So I got a people, well, why didn't you scoop some up? Because I don't care. I don't want people around here out there going, no, I'm not. I'm a firm believer that. Uh, Certain agencies know that they've been doing things to them for years. I consider him my neighbor. Why the hell would I want a bunch of idiots running around the woods out here? Mark, that is. Oh, sorry, Mom. oh yeah, go ahead, please. Well, I just, so I've been following you for, I just going through uh, YouTube one day and I found your, your channel. I've been calling. Well, I follow all the, what I consider decent ones and some people that don't like me or realize and MVTV and all that. Because people say they have a bad reputation. It's like, all they do is put out there what people post, as far as I know. Or like you, you know, Steve Isdall, How to Hunt. Some of these guys, I've uh, started reading and following Dave Pilates a lot. He's got a I was 20 years infantry and uh, 12 years of military cop. He was a long-time cop on the outside. So listening to him speak, it seems like we sort of think along the same wavelengths. So, mm. uh, it's I just, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Before. It sounds like you're not really scared of having these creatures around your house at all? Well, I know people have described even, even vets that as soon as they see one, all of a sudden they're 
they get this, you know, um, you know the, the deep-seated fear. Mm. Is that not, some folks consider me a little different than a lot of folks. Sure. I've been in a lot of, been in a lot of bad places myself. Uh, been in some bad scrapes that some every once in a while I had to pull myself out. Uh, Germany, I had to, believe it or not, they have wild boars in Germany. Oh, yeah. get about 300 pounds. I faced one down with a pickaxe one night and years and years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, sure. And then an exercise, we were, we were on an exercise, all we had was blank rounds. And they decided to come down and start go, running through our gear and garbage. So I picked up the closest thing I could and get them out of there. And that was that axe. Mm. So, am I? Oh, totally brave that I walk out there and do something stupid that one of these guys won't, you know, you know fix my attitude. Oh no, because now this is just my, my way of thinking. I figure they're like they are people. A lot larger, stronger, mm. and do things a lot different than we do. But just like people, some are, well, good guys, and some are raging a holes. Sure. Now, what worries me more about running out into out there is somebody found a 500 pound black bear sighting not too long ago. They're, you know, they are known to freaking take people out. Campground about an hour and a half north of me uh, last year. Girl was in a hammock, and a black bear pulled out of her hammock. Mm. And but there's been um, seems to be more dogman sightings in the same state lately in recent months. In your area, from uh. Well, Carpenter's got two videos that he took. Oh, sure, yeah. And I'm usually when I end the hug, I've got this feeling when I'm being watched. Well, we were out there just checking the fence line just the other day, and it wasn't the same feeling. It was, I could tell something was out there they didn't want to do harm. And for a change of pace, usually I don't go by the near the woods without uh, some, you know, lead-based backup, shall we say. Smart. Well, I didn't take any with me that day, so I had two of the boys with me, and I'm like, let's get back to the house now. And well, then, obviously, we know that those are known to be violent. Look at the land between the lakes that everybody and their brother is investigating. Sure, exactly. And then that guy took out an entire family. Mm. It's, a, it's so, a terrible story. It's just, yeah. Hmm. So, you know, if you, you know, Appalachians, I said, you know, I didn't always, internet, kind of a you know, amateur researcher, anyways. But once I moved down here, there's tales of 
the occult and creatures and these mountains are full of just unexplained oh. stuff. I come to come to find out there was a uh, family killed back here in '96, about ten miles away from my house, and supposedly it was a satanic deal there. Really? Oh, that's that's no good. So yeah, that's all area. But there, this area is known for weird stuff. It's a lot of uh, a lot of things going on in your area. It sounds like for sure. It sounds like you haven't seen the last of the Bigfoot around your property. I would guess from what you've said so far, you probably will have more encounters for sure. I have no problem in the world with that. Um, so I I try to show him respect. He shows me respect. And we're good. If the ones that's supposed to have the attitude show up, well, there are some advantages to being, you know, a broken up veteran because I do have some tools that might help with that. Exactly. Or not. <laughs> we'll leave that to the imagination. Yeah. Um, Mark, this has been quite the conversation uh i'm glad that we were able to connect and uh, you were able to share what you've encountered so far uh, i would say when you have uh, stuff happen in the future definitely keep in touch with me if you could i would love to do i, I have a feeling there well, could be a follow-up for instagram, sure now got you on youtube instagram and now facebook so fantastic uh, as a matter of fact, if you want all uh, the one very clear, I think it's very clear print. I can send you that later on if you want. Yeah, definitely. Yep. It's, uh, yeah. Um, I, it's the gauge size I stood with. Uh, yeah, as the uniform made me retire in 15, so I still wear my boots, most comfortable footgear I've got. So the track is in between my boots. That's all I know. It was about twenty inches because it's it's <laughs> here we go. One uh, another troll on another Facebook squash page. Well, well, good thing you're uh, not a professional tracker. It's like, well, my tracking skills are get me out of uh, bad stuff and bad places. So they were good enough. You don't know a whole lot. Yeah, they were good enough for sure. Well, then. Well, thanks for uh, giving the attention. Mark, I appreciate these, you uh, sharing for sure. Do you ever go to these these uh, conferences? I make it to some of them. If you see me at one of them, please uh, come up and say hi. And that goes to anyone that is uh, listening uh, as well. Well, I got tickets for the uh, Smoky Mountain in July. So. Oh, that, yeah, I got to get to that. I got to get to that one of these days for sure. But, uh, Mark, you keep in touch, uh, sir. Thank you for for hanging out with me for a bit, sharing your <laughs> encounters, and uh, hold on for one minute. 
Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.